We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church. And those of you who are visiting with us today, we're glad that you are here with us. There is a friendship pad on each one of the pews near the center aisle. It's a black folder. And we'd love to have you take it and fill it out, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly here, so that we know who's here today with us in worship. The announcements are inside your bulletin. You can see that uh, this Sunday night, tonight, our choir is going to be participating in a festival of worship in Los Angeles at the Cathedral of Our Lady of the Angels, the great big cathedral up there, singing with a thousand voices. And you can still get tickets if you look on the front of here. It tells you how to get tickets online and drive up there. I know that there are a, a number of us who are going to be doing that. We're not arranging carpools, but it will be a wonderful evening. The concert starts at 7. Also, our third Friday group will be meeting this Friday and invites you to join them in a night of Hollywood glamour if you like to dress up or don't dress up if you don't like to come as Audrey Hepburn or someone like that. Um, it is going to be a great evening of potluck dinner and entertainment by the Laguna Band Swing Set group. You do need to sign up today. Today's the last Sunday to sign up. Women's Retreat is taking registrations. Linda Roberts will be our speaker. It's going to be a great weekend. I think I have been at a women's retreat for every one of the last 35 years. And I used to think that was just for somebody else to go to. And finally, I was, in, I was a member of a new church, Irvine Presbyterian, and somebody in the church said to me, you're never going to get to know the women in this church if you don't go to women's retreat. And I didn't know anybody but just her. And I went, and she was right. I met all sorts of people, and it was a wonderful, wonderful retreat. And I've been to at least one every year since, so I guess it took. So you might want to try it if you've never tried a women's retreat before. Um, our book group will be meeting at the end of this month, February 28. We're discussing the truth according to us, which is about the period of the Depression in America. And we do not have the books anymore. You can get them on your own. Also, we are collecting people who are signing up to bring cupcakes for the day of the um, Patriots Day Parade, after the Patriots Day Parade with our preschool having a float in it, wishing us happy birthday, we are going to have a birthday party in the Rose Garden with cupcakes for the whole town, and you get to make the cupcakes. So if you would sign up today, that would help us out a lot, and a number of you have already done that. This week we celebrated the life of Bill Carter, who passed on to be with the Lord last weekend. Um, as we celebrate our anniversary year this year, as we have been 100 years old this year, last month we celebrated by looking at our history, particularly our art history, with Anna Hills. And this month in February, we are celebrating the ministry of our deacons among us and all the ways that they are caring and hospitable among us. And so it is Parish Sunday, and we welcome all of you, whether you are a member or not, at the end of the service to come over to Tankersley Hall. If you are a member of the church you have a parish that you're assigned to, and your own deacon in that parish would love to meet you, and she's got a table, or he has a table full of food, as well as all the other tables. So if you are not a member, come and graze and meet everybody over there. It's a great chance to get to know other people in the congregation, so we hope that you'll join us over there at the end of the service. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. We pray together. Lord, we thank you that you came teaching, preaching, and healing. We thank you for the words on the Sermon on the Mount, that we bring all of our concerns and the issues of our lives before you, and we give them to you, and we, in the process, seek first your kingdom and your righteousness with the assurance that all these things will be ours as well. Help us to truly hear and to come to a deeper level of trust this morning in you as we listen for your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. Praise befits the upright. Praise the Lord with the lyre. Make melody to him with the harp of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully on the strings with loud shouts. For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. He loves righteousness and justice. The earth is full of the steadfast love of the Lord. Happy is the nation 
whose God is the Lord, the people whom he has chosen as his heritage. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and shield. Our heart is glad in him because we trust in his holy name. Let your steadfast love, O Lord, be upon us, even as we hope in you. Amen. Let us stand and worship. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Let us be seated. Lord, we thank you for your word. 
your word that is true, your word that is faithful, your word that is dependable. So we sing together, Blessed Are They, from the Matthew 5 Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are they, the poor in spirit. Sing together, church. Blessed are they, the poor in spirit. Theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they, full of sorrow. They shall be our call to confession from Matthew chapter 5. Jesus said, let me tell you why you are here. You're here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of the world God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm going to put you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt them to open up to God, our generous Father in heaven. As God word, uh, God's word calls us to confession, we come to him to confess our sins responsibly and tell him the truth about ourselves. Let us pray. Gracious God, you have given us the law of Moses and the teachings of Jesus to direct us in the way of life. You, you offer, offer us, us your Holy Spirit, Spirit so that, that we, we can, can be born, born to new life as, as your children. children. Yet, O oh God, we confess that the ways of death have a strong attraction and that we often succumb to their lure. Give, Give us, us the, the vision and courage to choose and nurture life that, that we may receive your, your blessing. blessing. And so hear the silent confessions of our hearts.
For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friend, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For he has rescued us for the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen. Jesus went up the mountain, Matthew tells us, and the disciples followed along, and, and soon the crowds gathered around them there at that beautiful place, a park-like place that overlooks the lake at Galilee. And there he began to teach them, and they listened. And the words that he spoke on that day were words that have shaped and formed human history and literally millions of disciples' lives. Blessed are, the Greek word translated blessed, sometimes happy. Happy are those. N.T. Wright in his uh, commentary on uh, Matthew translated the passage in this way, and I want to read it. Wonderful news for the poor in spirit. The kingdom of heaven is yours. Wonderful news for the mourners. You're going to be comforted. 
Wonderful news for the meek. You're going to inherit the earth. Wonderful news for people who hunger and thirst for God's justice. You're going to be satisfied. Wonderful news for the merciful. You'll receive mercy yourselves. Wonderful news for the pure in heart. You will see God. Wonderful news for the peacemakers. You'll be called children of God. Wonderful news for people who are persecuted because of God's way. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you. Wonderful news. We are a people who are saturated with news, aren't we? 24-7. Every day of the week. And the news comes to us by many means. In newspapers and news magazines and television broadcasts, breaking news. The banner flashes across the screen. We argue amongst ourselves, what is the difference between real news and fake news? What does it mean to have real facts as against alternative facts? Oftentimes my news comes to me over my iPhone even. It chases me around. Whether it's posted online or whether it's a tweet or whatever it is, the news comes to us in many different ways. I remember watching the CBS Nightly News when Walter Cronkite was around. One of the great voices in the news medium who was determined in delivering the news each evening to get it right. And when he didn't get it right, to apologize for not telling the truth. He was an amazing man. The American society trusted him. He was encouraged by many people to become president of the United States. We heard him deliver the news. I'll never forget the gravitas with which he delivered the news when John Kennedy was assassinated. With the huge wall clock behind him, looking up to make sure he had the, the minute and the second correct. With white shirt and dark tie and with those dark-rimmed glasses that he wore. And it would, when it had been confirmed by many different sources that the president was dead, he removed those glasses from his eyes with tears running down his face. And he bowed his head as he announced the death of the president. And there were so many different occasions in which the integrity and the truthfulness and the faithfulness of that man came across. He was not Jesus, to be sure, but he had a gravitas, a character about him that people trusted. And he ended his newscasts with this little phrase, this tagline, that's the way it is. We trusted that. And so Jesus came and he proclaimed wonderful news for humanity. And in the announcement of the news that he had to deliver, he delivered it with character, with integrity, with gravitas. He spoke the word of God, wonderful news to those who are poor in spirit. For they will be called children of God. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. 
We wonder what it means to be poor in spirit. Many commentators say that Jesus was himself the very incarnation of the words that he spoke and that the Beatitudes were really about Jesus. He was the poor in spirit. As the Apostle Paul said, that even though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor so that in his poverty we might become rich. Or to the Philippians, Jesus, or Paul said, he came, he did not, even though he was equal with God, he did not count equality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, took upon himself the form of a servant, and became obedient even unto death upon the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him. He was the one who knew what it meant to be up close and personal with poverty of all kinds, physical and spiritual. And he said it was those who were in touch with their powerlessness, who knew they couldn't make it on their own, who knew they needed God, the presence of the Spirit in their life. It was these folks who would inherit the kingdom of heaven. It's the only prerequisite for becoming a child of God, and that is to simply surrender to let go and let God and to let the power of the Spirit of God tame the restlessness in our souls. Wonderful news for those who mourn for they'll be comforted Humanity mourns, doesn't it? We have sustained many losses. And Jesus talked about this all the time. He talked about the father who lost his son, who went into a far country, and the father grieved over him. He talked about the shepherd who had lost his precious sheep. And he grieved so much that it moved him out in search of the lost sheep. He he spoke of the woman who lost her precious coin, and she grieved, and and her grief drove her out to to sweep her house for the sake of finding that which was lost. There's a special place in the heart of God for our experience of loss, Ken Bailey, who was a Presbyterian missionary scholar who taught the New Testament for 60 years in the Middle East, shared in a book called Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes, told about an experience of losing one of his missionary colleagues who had died and went to heaven and they had a memorial service with an open mic the whole community gathered around. He said, one after another person spoke in that memorial service, and they shared their, their wonderful memories, their, their joys and their sorrows. They shared the many ways the men had touched their lives and comforted them. And in the process, in the gathering, there was much there was much laughter, and there were, there were great tears, and it was all mixed up, and it reminded me of what we have so often experienced here in our own sanctuary at memorial services for our loved ones that we have lost. We have shared our memories, and we have wept, and we have laughed, and we remember that Jesus stood outside the grave of his best friend Lazarus and wept and grieved over the power of sin and death in the human race. Jesus' heart was broken open. But the words that he spoke, they speak good news to us. Blessed are those, wonderful news for those who mourn. For they will be comforted.
by the Spirit of God in community, alone in the presence of God. And not a one of us comes here this morning, and I'm reminded of this every Sunday morning, that we don't carry memories of our losses. And we need to be comforted. And we are comforted in community through the power of the Word and the Spirit of God. Wonderful news for the meek. They will inherit the earth. Psalm 37 said, the meek shall inherit the land. And the land was the holy land to be sure. But it became the whole earth. And Jesus was himself, the very incarnation of meekness, not meek and mild, pale Galilean, a milquetoast kind of a man, but a man whose gravitas, whose authority, whose power emerged out of that spirit that led him to say, come unto me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek or gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I want to be in that crowd of meek ones because it means to be identified with where Jesus is at in our lives. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, who long to see the world fixed. You want to see the world fixed today? Do you have a desire to see that? I do. You'll be satisfied, Jesus says. That's the way you're going to be blessed. You're going to see it. You're going to see the world made right in the fullness of time. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. That is wonderful news. Because not a one of us comes here this morning without needing mercy, without needing forgiveness, without needing to be touched by the grace of God. And over and over again, Jesus commends the merciful, and he knows it's those kind of folks who give to others what they do not deserve who will receive what they have given. Wonderful news for the merciful. Wonderful news for the peacemakers. They'll be called children of God. Jesus was a peacemaker. It was his primary mission to bring God's salvation, God's shalom into every human heart, to reconcile us to God and to one another, to restore the divine harmony that God intended from the very beginning in the human race. And it was this mission that he gave to his disciples. Peace I give to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. And he breathed upon his disciples and fill them with the Holy Spirit, the spirit of peace of the paraclete, of the advocate who comes and lives within our hearts and gives us that inner sense of stability and integrity that allows us to live in community and to make a difference for good in our world. Wonderful news for the persecuted. I don't want to be the, amongst the persecuted but there are many around our world who have suffered persecution for the sake of God's righteousness revealed in Jesus Christ. And the best news that they could ever hear is that they will be named as the children of God because they are faithful followers of Jesus Christ. Long about Christmas time, one of you gave to me a book. You know I love books. This is a book written by uh, George Hunsinger, 
professor at Princeton Theological Seminary, an authority on the theology of Karl Barth, one of the great theologians of the 20th century. The book's entitled The Beatitudes. It's a book he put together after he, he taught the Beatitudes in a, in a church. And this is what he wrote. He said, Jesus is the secret center of the Beatitudes as a whole, and therefore of each one in particular. He is finally their real subject matter, and in them he points to his own person. It is he who embodies each personal attribute, he who is truly the blessing and he who is always the promise. The Beatitudes are thus best understood as the self-interpretation of Jesus. As Pope Benedict XVI has written, the Beatitudes display the mystery of Christ himself, and they call us into communion with him. At the same time, they are a call to discipleship and a sign of hope for the world. I have studied and reflected on the Beatitudes for years. And at the end of the day, after each time I reflect upon them, I feel so shortchanged because I realize that I have not been able to live fully into any one of these. <laughs> and that is but a reminder that every one of us lives between the already and the not yet of the realized kingdom of God. None of us have become totally like Jesus. Not a one of us. That's why we join in the prayer of confession. Every Sunday morning we come carrying burdens that we know need to be forgiven, lifted from us with the promise that the Spirit wants to comfort us and heal us and continue that lifelong process of transforming us so that we might become like Jesus. We live between the already and the not yet, in the in-between time. But we live with hope because we know that the one who spoke these words in this sermon is the one who made peace for us at the cross, atoned for our sins, accepted us just as we are, and has come to live within us so as to transform us one day at a time so that we would become like him. Throughout all these years, I've come to this conviction that I'm not in this Christian life or functioning as a pastor for what I can get out of it. But I'm in it because of the blessing of knowing Him. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And so it is in humility. Each time we hear these words, we say to Jesus, Jesus, I do not have one regret for aligning my life with you in this adventure and this pilgrimage. Because even though the world is not yet complete and perfect, you've taught me and us to pray, our Father, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, let me assure you the day is coming 
when heaven and earth will not just overlap and interconnect. but will be one. Healed. Made perfect in the righteousness of Christ which we have not earned or deserved but is simply a gift and calls us to His way of life. Pray with me. Merciful God, Holy God, we have been so captured by your Son, Jesus, who served every need that we have and has given us his Spirit to empower our living that we cannot help but praise you and thank you for the honor and the privilege of knowing you, of becoming totally identified with your death upon the cross in order that we might know the power of your resurrection life. Raise us up today in our need and nurture us and empower us to be your disciples and to live into the reality of your kingdom. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please stand with me and let's affirm our faith. Words from our Book of Confessions, the Heidelberg Catechism from the Protestant Reformation period. What advantage comes from acknowledging God's creation and providence? We learn that we are to be patient in adversity, grateful in the midst of blessing, and to trust our faithful God and Father for the future. Assured that no creature shall separate us from his love, since all creatures are so completely in his hand that without his will they cannot even move. Thanks be to God. You may be seated as we receive our morning offering.
Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Oh God, our Father, the giver of life, we pray for your church throughout the world. Sanctify its life and power, its witness, and restore unity. Remove from your people all pride and every prejudice that divides and dulls their will to do your good work and to spread the good news of your Son, Jesus. Renew in your whole church the passionate desire for the coming of your kingdom, which unites all Christians in one mission to the world. Word of life, we give you thanks for feeding our bodies, but more importantly, feeding our souls, filling our hunger and quenching our thirst. For you have said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. For the merciful, for they will see God. So we pray that you would continue to open our eyes, O Lord, to the needs around us. And by your Spirit, move us when and where we can make a difference. May our gifts today be a sign for each other and the world that we pledge to work together in your name for the healing and salvation of this broken and hurting world. We ask this through Christ our Lord, the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Be thou my vision, O Lord of my heart. Not be all else to me, save What is your only comfort in life and in death? And the confession answers that I belong to God in and through Jesus Christ who has paid with his own life's blood to bring me into fellowship with the Father and who now protects me so well that in his providence his will is done in and through my life. In life and in death, we belong to God through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. We go forth in these words of assurance.
and benediction. Amen.